Welcome to Highland Objects, podcasts that take you on a cultural tour of the Highlands and Islands of Scotland. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Highland Objects or visit the website highlandobjects.wordpress.com. Podcast 18, The SS Mabel. Ailey Smith and I work at Gerloch Museum in Westeros. In 2020 we were named as one of Art Fund's Museum of the Year. Today I'm sitting with Jeremy Fenton and Roy McIntyre who are wonderful members of the board of Gerloch Museum so as we can tell you a little bit about the SS Mabel. SS of course standing for steamship and the Mabel was not a huge steamship, just under 14 metres in length. But Jeremy, perhaps I can hand over to you to tell us a wee bit more about Mabel and her connection to Gearlock. Well, Mabel operated on Loch Marie, which I hope a lot of you have visited by now, up in Westeros. And it was really following the lead of Loch Lomond and Loch Katrin, which years before had steamships operating on them for the tourists. They had a major tourist industry there. And that was mainly thanks to the writings of Sir Walter Scott. But Sir Walter Scott wrote nothing about our area and not many people visited it. Now, Queen Victoria uh, was on one of the Loch Katrin steamers and she sailed on it along the Loch to open the new Glasgow water supply scheme there in 1859. So what's that got to do with Mabel? Well, Queen Victoria visited Loch Marie in 1877, 18 years later, and she stayed at the Loch Marie Hotel, and she really loved the area. But she said hardly anyone comes here. There were very few tourists at that time, very few people knew about Loch Marie. And so this raises a possibility, this is only conjecture, but is it possible that she suggested to the hotel landlord that there should be a steamer on the loch? That would help the tourists. And the landlord was called James Hornsby. And six years later, he was the one who had the Mabel built in Glasgow. By then, he was actually owner of the Lochmarie Hotel and also of Gerlock Hotel. And he was certainly interested in attracting visitors. So this small steamer was built in Glasgow and travelled all the way up the coast with great difficulty, probably, and eventually reached Poulieu and had to travel a mile or so over land to get to Loch Marie. And it's a very nice description of how the Mabel came ashore. It obviously wasn't a very well-planned operation. This says, they managed to get her ashore on horse-pulled bogies, but before long she sank into the road. They tried a lot of ideas, but they couldn't shift her, and she stuck there for three weeks. It calmed there in the middle of the main road. They had to knock a big hole in the dike at the roadside to let the mail coach pass, and it seemed that the Mabel was likely to become a permanent landmark. However, they did eventually manage to move her by building a kind of corduroy road with sleepers. At that point, I'll hand over to Roy, I think, who knows more about the journey from now on. My connection with the Mabel is that the first scooper of the Mabel was my grandfather. He was Captain Roderick McIntyre, who, with his father, had 
plied a topsail schooner called the Black Diamond up and down the coast, taking cargoes from as far south as Liverpool right up the Scottish coast for many years. And by the 1880s, he would have been getting towards the latter part of his career. He had married the daughter of the local shopkeeper in Gearlock, Jessie McPherson, and had become a shopkeeper, although I think she was the main driving force in the shop and he was the retired seaman. So when the opportunity of uh, skippering the Mabel came along, it no doubt appealed to him, and he became the first skipper. I think he probably sailed her from the Clyde up to Pulieu, and my father used to tell us stories about how he slept aboard the Mabel for three weeks while she was stuck in the hard in the road, uh, and eventually, with superhuman efforts, they managed to extract her from the peat bog and drag her to the loch and got her floating and in her proper setting. And once it achieved that, she sailed for many years from around 1885 until 1911. She plied up and down Loch Marie and became a tourist attraction. And the trips were arranged from the Gaelic Hotel, which tourists could take advantage of. You left the Gaelic Hotel at quarter past ten in the morning, took a carriage, which they called a machine, to the Loch Tully end of Loch Marie, where a pier had been built. A second pier was at the Loch Marie Hotel, and a third one at Rue Noy, at the, at the south end of the loch. And using this timetable, you could leave the Gaelic Hotel, have your trip up Loch Marie, uh, have lunch at either at Kinlochu or even at Achtersheen if you wanted to be more ambitious, and then return in time for dinner at night at the Gaelic Hotel. You had a beautiful day out on Loch Marie, if the weather was fine especially, and there was also a guide for describing the trip. The, the guide was written by John Dixon, who wrote his well-known book about Gaelach and Loch Marie, and the description describes in great detail everything that you see on the loch on the northeast side on the way up the loch, and then on the southwest side on the way back. He describes the geology and the physical features of the landscape in great detail. So it must have been a beautiful trip and a great tourist attraction for the time. I think when I first kind of began to know about the Mabel, I I was really surprised because I'd kind of envisaged that she was some, you know, it was purely about the infrastructure and, and transport to the area, not realising that it was this kind of entrepreneurial tourist trip, which is something that I think of a more recent industry in the area. But but you know, it, it wasn't. Because, Roy, I think, it, were you saying as well that, there was a pamphlet that had made its way all the way to, to Canada. Well, many years later, my brother John, who was a doctor in Canada, found a copy of the timetable in a second-hand bookshop in somewhere in Ontario and took it home to us. And that's the one we have at the museum, uh, which gives these uh, gives everything in great detail. Yeah. 
What a wonderful, wonderful find. And for all that effort of, of getting them able to the lock of the infrastructure with the three peers and, and how, how busy we believe she, she might have been, it, it's quite sad to think about the end of her days. Yes, well, the story goes that she rotted away and I think we, you know, we need to make more investigation to find out just exactly how her end came. But we do know that she uh, operated until 1911 and maybe it was the coming of the war or whatever, but conditions changed. She had been sold to McBrain's, Hornsby sold out to David McBrain, who who today is Calmac, the, the ferry operators that run up and down the coast. But that was in their early days. So she was became part of the McBrain's fleet, in fact, was in the McBrain's timetable. But of course... It, by that time, the travel was easier around Gellock. They could travel by railway to Achnashim, get the coach down to Loch Marie, take Mabel along the loch, coach to Gellock, and then a st- McBrain steamer. The Claymore. South again, make a good circuit. It's almost surprising to think that in the end, I believe I'm right in saying that she ended up just on the shore of the loch and that was her last resting place. Yes. Beside the Loch Marie Hotel. Yes, very sad. Indeed, well, I hope if any of our listeners have the mind to or haven't come before that they, they take the trip out to Gerloch, come and visit the museum and, and take in the beautiful site of Loch Marie en route. Highland Objects is brought to you by Expo North Heritage, which is supported by Museums and Heritage Highland, Museums Gallery Scotland, Creative Scotland, Highlands and Islands Enterprise and Historic Environment Scotland.